If you like reading about design in all of its forms, from lighting to furniture, you may have heard of an online magazine called Sight Unseen. Today, we have the co-founders of Sight Unseen in the studio with us. Monica Kemseroff and Jill Singer are gracing us with their presence, and we're super stoked to have them. We're going to be talking to them all about their work, how they uh, curate the different designers that they highlight, and why they might not be a huge fan of me having just used the word curate. <laughs> I'm Jeremiah Budin. And I'm Asad Serket, and you're listening to The Appeal, The Curbed Podcast. Thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> Super excited to have you. We know you're very, very busy and you've just come back from Milan. Yes. Could we have you just both introduce yourselves so that people can recognize your voices when they're listening? So I'm Monica Kemsarov, co-founder of Sight Unseen. And I'm Jill Singer, co-founder of Sight Unseen. Awesome. Well, thank you again. We're super stoked to have you. We've been starting a few of our interviews this way, and so we figured we'd do it with you as well. Um, when you're at a cocktail party... What do you tell people that you do? I always say I'm a journalist. Mm. And then usually there's someone within earshot who says, you're not a journalist, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then they jump in and say, oh, but she also does this and that and this and that. Like, she's right. a curator and she's a, you know, Giving the full laundry an entrepreneur. list. Yeah, exactly. I actually had a conversation the other day about how it's actually so difficult to think of an elevator pitch for what we do because we are journalists. And when we say we write about design, people ask, okay, well, what kind of design? It's slightly hard to explain. <laughs> it's basically all design right. and kind of art too. And we're also curators and we also run a shop and it's just like too many, mm-hmm. too many characters. No such thing. No such, <laughs> the people can figure it out. <laughs> but people get like a general idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually a great segue, I think, into just talking about sight unseen and and what it is and maybe what it isn't Mm -hmm. is an easier way to approach that question. Um, But the site, Sight Unseen, is an online magazine, but there's also a retail component. And there's also Sight Unseen Offsite, which coincides with New York Design Week every year um, since 2014. Um, Can you talk more about just like the general ethos of of the magazine and of your approach to talking about and writing about design? I think, um, you know, when we started Sight Unseen, both of us were really interested in finding out more about the people who made the designs that we liked so much um, and really into discovering who those new people were going to be. You know, we had just come from a magazine that covered design for four or five years and, you know, we covered a lot of emerging designers there, but there was also a lot of covering like the big luminaries in design as well. And that interested me, us maybe not as much. Um, and that sense of discovery is something that um, permeates everything we do. So we really want to be the site that people go to to find out like the new people and what's new and next. Our shop was supposed to be about um, maybe it was an established designer, but they were doing something in a new material or in a new medium that maybe would be surprising to people. And then with Sight Unseen Off-Site, we want it to just be like the most exciting place you can go to during Design Week to find um, out what's new and, and what's coming up. Totally. Yeah, it's definitely one of the things that I most look forward to every year because it's, it feels, and I'm not just saying this because you're here <laughs> in the studio with us, but it feels really fresh and different from a lot of the other stuff that gets exhibited during mm-hmm. during New York Design Week and at ICFF. So. We used to call it, was it a festival? What did we used to call it? We wanted it to have a festival atmosphere. A festival, we didn't yeah. want it. We are always like, it's not, it's like the It's not a trade show. fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we want it to be also to be a variety of experiences. I mean, everything we do is really informed by like what me and Monica are personally interested in. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't just have a site that was about furniture and lighting because that's not what we do every single day. Um, so with the fair, we wanted it to be 
um, furniture and objects and have a cafe and have like interactive experiences and just have it be and something pop-up new. Shops. Pop-up shops, like something yeah. new wherever you look. Yeah. Sounds like a living room. You know, it's like a living room experience. You can like sit down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rub the velvet mm-hmm. on the sofa, grab a cappuccino, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you end up kind of finding out about all of the designers? I mean, you've kind of flicked at this a bit. I mean, people that you love, you're really curious about how yeah. they work. But do you have some some trade secrets you're willing to divulge for how um, you find out about called people? called Instagram. <laughs> the deepest, I don't know if you've darkest heard of secret. It. Yeah. No, uh, no, tell me everything. <laughs> I might have to kill you after this. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, yeah, we, well, I mean, first of all, we've both been doing this for a very long time. Um, right. You know, we started at ID in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been in this world, and once you're in the world, it's a very, very small world design. Like, it's not like fashion or art. It's so tiny. Everyone knows each other. You know, there's very few publications. There's few people who do what we do. So it's easy to kind of get into that world and then sort of, like, feed off of people you know to learn about people you don't know. Like, people come to us all the time. They go, hey, you know, our friends are doing this. You should check it out because it seems like something you would like. So there's a little bit of that. And then, again, Instagram, <laughs> like, is huge, right? It's like... A great place to discover things because people are just taking, you know, casual off-the-cuff photos of their friend's vase that they made or, like, some lamp that they saw in, you know, some weird exhibition in the middle of nowhere. And we see those things and we, you know, can pick up on them quickly and and, and turn that into content. Yeah, for so sure. Are you on uh, Instagram more for work or is this a normal amount that you would be on and you're just, like, taking all this great stuff you see? <laughs> no, I wore Just work? Yeah. normal amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't have... I, I quit my personal account, so I'm just... Oh. It's just work. Wow, stuff. just yeah. that and Work now. Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did you quit your personal account? Because it was... <laughs> it, I mean, it's personal reasons, but it's, like, just sure. like I was traveling a lot and having you know, an amazing time and looking on Instagram and being like, wait a minute, what are my friends in New York doing? Meanwhile, I was like on the beach in Greece. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't I was like, I you. can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. yeah I had, I had really bad FOMO. So I quit. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But I feel like FOMO from the beach in Greece is like the best type of FOMO. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I was so like, it would irritate me because I'm yeah. like, I should be enjoying this that's moment, like, not like worrying about, FOMO. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So are you big on Instagram as well, Jill? Yes. Yeah. You mean in my personal life? Yeah, in your life? personal life. No, my personal Instagram is like photos of my babies um, and like pretty things around New York. And yeah. then I save like the avant-garde design for a work Instagram. That's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Instagram is something that we talk about all the time for a variety of reasons. I think people are using it um, to be inspired and to just see like what's happening across mm-hmm. the world of design, the worlds of design and architecture, you know, here and abroad. Um, but it's also, it can be like really addicting. You're just mm-hmm. like scrolling <laughs> endlessly, you know? Well, and they used to cut off the scroll. And so you would like, okay, I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> but now it like never, ever ends. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and ver- and also just very jealousy inducing. I the same thing <laughs> yeah. with, um, with like apartment things mm-hmm. with like, I can't look at those for too long of like really right. nice things that like, I don't have any of them and they're all so expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's basically our lives. Well, that, that's my life anyway. Right, exactly. That's basically our site. Part of why it's so easy to love. Um, something that's great about the internet in general and digital journalism about design is that it, the internet is kind of the great equalizer. You know, like if you're a designer who didn't necessarily, you know, have a personal connection to a design journalist or design editor, you can 
publicize your own work. You can set up an Instagram account. You can set up a Pinterest board. Yeah. That's like all your work. Although I guess that would be kind of weird if it was <laughs> just a Pinterest of all of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this sense that, um, you know, you're really in control of your own kind of personal brand. And um, I think the stories of um, creatives who don't necessarily get a lot of airtime, like women, people mm-hmm. of color, like the internet is a place where those stories can live and thrive, mm-hmm. and that's really great. Um, a series that I've loved on Sight Unseen is um, Creative Women at Work. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> are you still doing that? No, it's like a one-time thing. <laughs> yeah, well, here's I could revive one, it. one vote for that <laughs> yeah. to, maybe, to return. No, that was really fun. Because it was kind of a mix. I mean, maybe you should describe what it was. Well... It was studio visits, mm-hmm. so you know we do a lot of those. People love them, um, but it was yeah more focused on specific creative women who we admire and finding out like what their tools of the trade are. So like what in what book inspires them every day? What do they have for a snack? What do they, you know, <laughs> what tool and do they use the most in their workshop? Um, What's their favorite book? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Just to sort of bring their working methods to life a little bit. It was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It happens. I mean, we feature a lot of women on the site anyway. Right. So that right. was just a special case. But We actually just finished doing the best thing we saw from Milan. Like every single day that Milan happened, mm-hmm. we published one thing. And I kind of noticed that it was a woman every single day, <laughs> which was completely like not purposeful not at all. But and I when you say Milan, you're referring to, to Salone. To and, the Salone. And yeah. Milan Design Week in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a big undertaking. Everything you saw. So every day you like did a diary kind of entry about every day we said this is the one best thing we saw and then we just finished up um three mega roundups with like here is the best 55 to 60 things we saw (laughs) yeah i did see some of those massive yeah 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 it's like it was supposed to be a resource for people who you know either weren't there or aren't as you know insane as we are about (laughs) picking out every little tiny thing that's good yeah and there's so much to see when you are there i mean the show Mm -hmm. isn't Obviously, the convention center, there's a lot of stuff there in that yeah. one spot, but there are so many off-site no, there's a exhibitions. To see. You couldn't possibly well, see we, everything. We didn't, we didn't see everything. Right. We actually, a lot of it was just, you know, we are on a million mailing lists of a million designers, and we reached out to people being like, hey, send us everything. <laughs> You're making everything. But that's also, you know, partly what inspired Sight Unseen Offsite is we mm-hmm. went to other cities and there was all these amazing, I mean, in Milan, it's like a palazzo when you go in <laughs> and there's an amazing installation there. Um, but there wasn't, when we started doing offsites, um, there really wasn't that kind of thing in New York. So we wanted mm-hmm. to create it. Mm-hmm. When you're kind of thinking about curating offsite, what are the top maybe three things that you take into consideration? Hmm. <laughs> well, okay, first is whether their work is new. Because we don't want to be a show that recycles like what's been shown in Milan or the mm-hmm. AD Home Show or whatever. I mean, just because if people walk in and they've seen everything before, it's like okay, <laughs> bye. You know, right, exactly. that's not fun. So, um, number one, if they have new work. Um, number two, if we like it, <laughs> <laughs> which is a totally. I mean, when you're curating, I hate that word. Whatever, it's it's intuitive. It's just yeah. like we look at it, we know if we like it or not, and and also if it's you know, well executed. Mm-hmm. We can tell that too. Like if something's an interesting idea, but it's, you know, the person's a mess and they don't have photos and everything looks terrible. And like, you know, then we, we sense that and we, yeah, you can that's move not going to fly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so those two, and then what would the third be? I mean, I guess, 
Yeah, it's if, it's really if it's new and if we like it. Mm-hmm. That's really all that needs to be. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can I ask what what is it about the word curating that rubs you the wrong way? Oh, just you know, it's like an eye roll word these days. Right. <laughs> you say you just curate it's something. Overused, yeah. People yeah. will be like, um, I, curated I curated my it. breakfast. Right. Almost yeah. the people oh, who are, people who are doing it not well ruined it for the rest of the recipe. It just became so ubiquitous. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyone enough. saying that they curate their breakfast, like get out. <laughs> just, just leave. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, although, although honestly, if anyone should get to use it, it should be us because this, right. this you, show is like, we are like insane about it. Like yeah. we, we will tell someone we like these three pieces in your booth, but you can't bring that one. Like we're the only people who do that. Like wow. for, you know, have you ever had a, a, a not so great reaction to that? No, because everyone gets it. They're like, oh, this is why the show is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. You can do that all you want because, like, we get it, you know? Okay, Otherwise, cool. we wouldn't want to show in your show if it wasn't this, like, consistent. Yeah. yeah. It does seem like in a short span of time, people have really been able, been able to tell exactly what your goal is visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you have a very strong aesthetic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to hear, like, in this post-madman, post-mid-century modern world, um, because for a while that show was like so um, just influential in the way that kind of like American design, fashion, you know, furniture design was really moving and like the direction everything was moving. What do you think is going to take the place of, you know, the mid-century craze? Or is that just going to stick around for a long time? That's a hard one because I think it depends on the person like there is still a large class of people in the united states who mid-century is it for them you know what i mean because like mm-hmm. the u.s is a little behind in their acceptance or interest in contemporary design so um and you know ikea was a big driver of getting the u.s to sort of be more interested in design and i think that brings a mid-century scandinavian vibe with it mm-hmm. so there still are a lot of people who are like oh wow I love it. But it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of things that have been percolating on our site for a few years now. I mean, um, and if you look at stores that the trends come directly to, who are uh, like a a West Elm or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And so it's, there's going to be, there's a lot of like nice color, like color and geometry. And um, Mm -hmm. like last year in the show, everyone noticed that there was a lot of just like warm natural materials like brass and wood and marble and, and everything's become a little contemporary but like classy and like not in a cheesy way mm-hmm. <laughs> not like an 80s full-on redux <laughs> well the 80s thing had a moment and is mm-hmm. still having a moment but i mean it's one of those things where like you can tell it's like you know it's trendy like it's not like the real thing that's happening right um but i think yeah like like that warm minimalism i mean there is like still like a mid-century scandinavian flavor to things oh, with like yeah. clean lines and pale wood and stuff like that. I'm like I love that. You know, yeah. I live in I live in Crown Heights in Brooklyn and like yeah. I love that my apartment has that has that element of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to go away. And I think no. I, you mentioned IKEA. I think, you know, IKEA and West Elm, those are really accessible to mm-hmm. you know, a, a really big swath of the American public and so if that's their entry point, you know, yeah. I think they... And those people look, they go to Milan, they look at trends, like they know what's, you know, they yeah. know what's happening. And I think what you're saying about the internet, I mean, the internet has actually, I think, made people more adventurous mm. because they can see so many different ways to decorate your space. You know, like, it's not, you don't have to go to the newsstand and, like, pick up World of Interiors anymore. Like, it's all right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's just everything's been democratized. Yes, sure. and it's also probably one of those generational shifts too. Like maybe like the older generation are still like in their Louis whatever, and then the mid century, and then. Like chilling in a 17th century yeah. Louis chair. Or an, or an Eames chair, you know, one or right, the other. And then right. my little brother in Ohio is like, what's the new cool thing? You know, like, where can I get, where can I get the sight unseen look? <laughs> but, but for cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The sight unseen look. Sight unseen look, but for cheap but is for one cheap. of our primary queries. I'm sure it is. Yeah. God, people must be so curious. We should what do, do a keyword about that. What do you tell them when people ask you? God, I wish there was a good answer. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm oh, sorry, I can't actually answer I that mean, for you. I mean, you know, like, all, it's what, are, what there's West Elm, there's CB2, there's, mm-hmm. you know, like there's not. Hem, Hem's a new one. Mm-hmm. Hem is great. Mm-hmm. I recently bought some throw pillows from there. They came to the yeah. office. Do you remember this, Jeremiah? I don't. They all came to the office and some lovely mm-hmm. packaging. This is the stuff I need to know. Hem, Hem, H-E-M. Okay, mm-hmm. wish I could have. <laughs> but I mean, that's not. I mean, it's not like if you go to Europe, you can get a bunch of cool stuff for cheap either. Right. I mean, it's like you have to invest. Yeah, yeah you have to invest good, if, good if, if you're really money. serious. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think everyone is. Everyone who is interested in having like a decked out apartment is still mm-hmm. struggling with the high end, low end, and lack of middle range. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking a lot about this at Curbed and in the office, and just you know when we share shopping advice with one another is just as buds. Yeah. And there aren't actually that many outlets for like medium tier, you know, yeah. mid range, yeah. high quality furniture. Well, I think when you see that, that is the leap between like China mm-hmm. and handmade. Like there's. <laughs> Right. It's it's a function of industry, you know, the right. state of industry, right? Yeah. And the world economy, exactly. So until we change the world economy, yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> worth it, though. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just you know, we're talking a lot about the internet. What do you think the role of the design fair is now that the internet is so prevalent in people's kind of mm-hmm. in the way people interact with design objects? Like you can go on a website and look at a lot of the stuff that you would see in an exhibition. But Mm -hmm. what is the benefit of taking your butt to the exhibition in the first place? Well, I think it's just the obvious, which is that human interaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think getting to know the maker of something, you learn so much more about a piece than you ever would reading a blog. Because frankly, as a blogger, we don't have time to like always learn the whole full story. Um, So there's that. And then for commerce, I mean... Mm. A trade fair is like an efficient way for a, a buyer or a curator to see everything all at once. I mean, you can look at blogs every day or you can look at trade fair coverage, but yeah, just being there and doing business, I think is kind of always going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And the tactility of it, you know. Yeah, being able to yeah. lift lift the vase. Exactly. You know? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious just in terms of getting like – the average Jamal or average Jane interested in design issues and and kind of what's new and what's hot in the world of design, does the design fair do that as well? I feel like when I go to design fairs, it's like journalists and obviously Mm -hmm. the designers and and, um, craftsmen and women. Um, But is there a way to get like, you know, just the American public into design fairs? I mean, we've been trying. I'm like, that's what we're trying to <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, the first year we did off-site, we were on Lafayette and Broome, and a lot of people came in and off the street, and we're like, yeah. what is this? This is so cool. And that was really exciting. Um, and that's what we want our show to be. Like, you know, like, that's why we have, like, a 
all over print room where you can take a selfie of yourself, you know, like. Uh, and that was want- a very successful on Instagram, <laughs> speaking oh, yes. of Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> like we want it to be a place where you don't have to be like a designer in the design world to enjoy yourself. We want people to come in and just be inspired for anyone living like who has a creative job or just is like interested in pretty things. Mm-hmm. Or, but uh, you're doing a pretty, you're doing of- a pretty unique thing. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we literally tell our exhibitors, you are not allowed to put signage on the wall. You're not allowed to put text in your booth. Your booth can't look like a trade fair. It has to be more like immersive or more like, you know, Mm. colorful, enjoyable. Like that's part of it. It's like, if it looks like a trade fair, people who are not in the trade won't care. So if it looks beautiful, like, it's fun for anyone. Yeah, that's yeah, sort of like a storefront experience. You you see yeah. a beautiful window and you walk inside. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's what we want. Like every single booth in our show to look like. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's. We've also been talking, and Jeremiah and I were talking about this because Target is a source of home goods mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they recently um, announced and unveiled their collaboration with Marimekko, mm-hmm. um, which has been hotly followed by many people in the design world. I may or may not be talking about myself. Um, but do you my think that friend. those kinds, yeah, exactly, my, my friends, my uh, that is great. Um, do you think that those kinds of high-low collaborations are kind of key in getting more people interested in like providing access to these brands? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they did the same thing for fashion, like, yeah. Right, are there any other ones other than um, any other out? kind of like retailers or outlets um well ikea they don't do those like sort of big capsule collections but they but they have started in recent years like putting designers names like a little bit more front and center like you know they may not be designers that everyone knows but i don't know i think that's important to show that it's not just like a mass manufactured whatever it's Mm -hmm. like oh here's someone designing your thing for you um we in terms of (laughs) non-design retailers are there any well we have land of nod in our show this Mm -hmm. year and they're working with eric trine they're working with ellen van dusen Mm -hmm. they're working with well brian um so yeah it's it's nice that it's it's trickling down to even like bigger and bigger retailers that they see a value in pairing with these people but in the mainstream non-design world, I don't know. There's anyone but Target. There's still a there's still a bit of a, a chasm to hmm. bridge, I think. When H H and M hasn't done it yet. <laughs> exactly. When H and M decides that when they're going to get on that does it. <laughs> yeah. What would they sell though? Gosh, lights. Great mysteries of life. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think you know having an IKEA or an H and M jump in would be the way to kind of bring that to a really mass market. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it fascinates me that people, that there is still so much resistance in in the U.S. like culture in general of things that are designed, quote unquote designed. Mm-hmm. I think design is still seen in some corners as frivolous and like extra. Well, it's funny because there's this whole thing of like, you know, how many people in this world now will spend $300 on jeans, mm. $500 on a bag, you know, but they won't spend $300 on a chair or a lamp or, you know, whatever it may be. But mm-hmm. and, and it's understandable because they're like, oh, well, I take this into the world. This represents me, this like, you know, brands me in life and in work. And if they don't entertain that much, then yeah, maybe design's not important to them. That's fine, you know, whatever. But they're missing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More for us. But like, yeah, like I would rather spend a lot of money on a chair than a handbag, like personally. Preach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of nodding. I mean, we're all preaching to the choir <laughs> yeah. here, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to move on to our thunder round, which is like a slow lightning round. It's the same lack, <laughs> same uh, same speed, but uh, 
weirder questions. Okay. okay. Uh, so if you guys could describe your perfect sofa, just like design a fantasy sofa in your mind. Oh. Uh-oh. Like, you had one the other day. Yeah, because it was ma- it was restoration hardware, and it was like it was made like of like feathers. So it was low. basically like so low, so deep. <laughs> a low, deep feather sofa. Yes, like it was like down. It looked like right. a bunch of pillows. Like that's all loud. Just like yes. sitting on a pillow. Yes, and I looked at that sofa and I was like, one day when I have fifty thousand dollars or whatever, <laughs> how much that costs, that will be mine. Nice. But I could also be pink. Be pink. I mean, notice that I didn't say like the most designy thing either. I'm like, no, I want it to be like fluffy. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can have any sofa you want in your dreams. It doesn't have to be the perfect, you know, whatever. Yeah, fluffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how much? So we've been having a little bit of a debate about this. How much is too much to spend on a candle? A candle. Yeah. Just too. Um, over. A hundred. Over a hundred, I think. Uh-huh. Are you candle people? Yes. No. Whoa. <laughs> All right. We've got to break a big, this down. Uh, yeah, big divide. <laughs> I'm like a mega candle person, but I feel like La Labo is my limit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know La Labo. Can you describe for La Labo? Mm-hmm. If you've ever gone into like a vaguely hip hotel or restaurant, it probably smells like a La Labo scent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you want your home to smell like a vaguely but hip it's like hotel. Very, but it's like very, it's, and it's because in like so in if you, like so many of your hip friends probably smell like it for it too. I'm sure. It's just like a lovely, like their, their like sandalwood scent is just really lovely. Okay. So on the no side, Monica's shaking her head. Tell us everything. <laughs> I don't know. Candles are just like foofy to me. <laughs> I understand. I, I, I fell somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Like, I'm I very just, sensitive about certain things. I mean, scents. I'm not a Yankee candle person. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, like there, there are person. certain scents that I like, but I don't, ha- I will never think to light a candle. I mean, I just don't have time. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's not something that, like, enters my mind. Yeah. I was recently uh, thinking about becoming a candle person, and then, <laughs> then I found out this weekend that they cost, like, $50, and now I'm like, well. And you're like, nope. My house just right. smells like what it, ha- what it smells like, and it's fine. Oh, I have some recommendations for you then. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, after this, we'll just yeah. Yeah. We'll have a We don't want to give too many free plugs. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll do it after. <laughs> um, or we can put them at the post. Uh, yeah. So what is your, uh, each of your favorite pieces of furniture that you own, if you had to pick one thing that you're like? Mm. Well... For me, I recently was at my mother's cousin's house in Columbus, Ohio, and for Thanksgiving, I think. Mm. And they had a couch in their living room that I had seen before many times, but never like seen it. You know, like when you suddenly notice right. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I asked them about the couch, and I was like, "This is amazing. Wait a minute, what is this?" And they're like, "We want to get rid of it. We want a new couch. We bought this at a consignment store in Columbus, Ohio." Mm. So I bought it from them for very cheap. I had my brother's little best friend like drive it here from Ohio and then I get into my house and realize it's a B&B Italia like leather. Oh my goodness. Like it was like super fancy. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> they didn't even know what it was. You know what I mean? They're just like right. this couch it's too low. We hate it. <laughs> so now I own it but I can't it's like a huge sectional and I can't even fit it in my house so half of it a friend of mine has. Oh. <laughs> waiting. Well, that's nice. Waiting. That's very yeah. generous of you. Yeah. You were like, I can't fit this whole thing, but I'll give you half. Oh, but I'll take it back. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure eventually. Once my upstate house is. Yeah. You know. A very determined facial expression yes. on, so I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a tough one. I mean, 
I love living with things that are made by people we work with. Like mm-hmm. that feels really nice to support them. Um, but sometimes I can't afford to support them either. So I have a really beautiful Fort Standard lamp that I basically bartered for with my journalistic services <laughs> that I love. And everyone compliments every time they walk in. What's the lamp like? It's like this overarch it's like arches over the couch mm. um and has like it's like a pretty pale wood with a marble base and it's just a statement piece of all statement pieces and it's really nice sounds great mm-hmm. i love fort standard's work also mm-hmm. in general so they're great i'm actually going to feel this question as well because i have an emerald green velvet sofa from room and board oh, nice oh, i've looked at that I one love it. it's <laughs> so nice Whoa. it is my prized possession my boyfriend well, and I, we fretted over it for a really long time. Like, yeah. are we going to get it? Are we not going to get it? And when we finally made that leap, I think it was like, you know, the angels sang and mm-hmm. the clouds parted. And it really has been like the best. Is mm-hmm. that like the so. only, like, do you have other colorful stuff in the room? Or is yeah, we have, a lot of, we have a lot of other colorful stuff because the walls are pretty stark white. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided we are in a, we're in a rental, so we're not going to paint the walls. So we just right. were like, we're going to go crazy with like colorful throws and yeah. like throw pillows and art on the walls that's colorful and geometric and funky that's smart um, yeah see my sofa's so. brown and it's kind of dragging the rest of the room down <laughs> with it but it's cool I mean, it's right. a six thousand dollar bnb six thousand yeah yeah i have a navy south a navy sofa that's just like that nice. and it's actually nice. kind of like a pillow too so it's the best <laughs> of both worlds love it <laughs> uh so along those lines if you had to move like this week what's the first thing you're throwing out Oh, my kitchen table. What is it? Just a a table. (laughs) It's like a stainless steel. I thought it was because like there was so much going on in my kitchen. It's a rental. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this will like kind of disappear. But I hate it. (laughs) It It's it's wobbly. (laughs) It's uncomfortable. Yeah, that would be that'd be gone. Yeah. Mm, That's a tough one. I actually have a sectional sofa that I can't stand Mm -hmm. because I have kids and it has pillows on the seat and they just are always they always look like complete right because they move because <laughs> <Junk. Junk. Yeah. laughs> they have walking human beings walking on it all the time right. how about you jeremiah what are you tossing out um like everything i have these like <laughs> I, like if i moved i would everything i would get rid of my i would probably want to get a new bed i have a horrible bed um, i have these like the cheapest possible bookshelves that are like different sizes and like wobble into each other oh, yeah um, I would keep my clothes pretty much. <laughs> and my, my uh, dresser is like the cheapest Ikea dresser and like one of the drawers is falling off. It's a mess. Wow, and I'm going like, to, yeah. the, the wonderful thing about living in New York is that Craigslist is so good here. I know, like, yeah. You don't have to have crappy stuff. Like You can go get cheap stuff. It's awesome. I have a, I have a couch story. I think... As long as it doesn't have bed bugs. It, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> this is probably going to go too long. I think we'll cut this out, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> um, like three... Uh, Five years ago when I moved to New York, I had four other roommates and one of them had a like a family friend who was a diplomat who was getting moved back to his home country somewhere in uh, somewhere in Europe. And he was like, come on down. You can just take any of our furniture. (laughs) And so we got we got a bunch of stuff, including some this leather couch that was like custom made for them by an Italian furniture. Sorry, not Italian, uh, South African uh, furniture maker. Mm. Uh, And it was like my favorite thing. It's the most comfortable couch. And he moved out. Uh, three years ago and took the couch with him and just put it in a storage unit. Mm-hmm. And then this month, one of my roommates, he, he moved to uh, back home to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then this month, one of my roommates moved out and he moved back to the city at the same exact time. 
So he moved back in, and I got the couch back three years later. <laughs> nice. It's my, and it's my favorite piece of oh furniture. Oh, my God. I've that's amazing. Had. You didn't say that this was a love story when you started. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to go, like, yeah. go horribly awry. It, yeah, I actually have a... Reunited with your beloved sofa. <laughs> I kept a, I kept a framed picture of the couch on the wall as a, as a joke. And it's, it says couch uh, 2011 couch to 2013. Oh, my God. And amazing. now I'm going to have to add... A, 2016 to Aww. yeah it's cute. you can just leave you can just leave it open 2016 yeah, dash to, right that's great yeah. to when we have to move out in the year <laughs> well thank uh, you yeah. so much for thank coming in this is really fun oh i just thought um, of another oh go for it we got time <laughs> ikea and ilsa crawford oh, oh yeah for like, yes for design to, yeah. for the target style yes yes design collabs yeah sorry no don't be sorry mm -hmm. that's a great one mm -hmm. yeah all right, well, this is great. Where can people find um, your your site and um, information about Offsite? So siteunseen.com, but let me specify that is S-I-G-H-T. Right, it's not a fun <laughs> on website. S-I-G-H-T. Siteunseen.com, and if you look on siteunseen.com, which is our main blog, um, in the top navigation bar, there's a thing that says SU Offsite, which links you to the Offsite site. <laughs> it's also tongue twister. Ads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you can see us in person, May thirteenth through sixteenth, um, at the Grace Building, which is eleven fourteen Avenue of the Americas. And yep. sight unseen site is free. It's open to the public. Anyone can come, and you should pre-register. There's a link on the offsite. Cool. Yeah. Site. If you're in New York, check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for coming in. This is really awesome. Thank we you guys. If you enjoyed that episode please subscribe in the itunes in the itunes <laughs> subscribe in the itunes yeah. and also on the soundcloud <laughs> where we can be found at curbed radio we can be found on a internet <laughs> and rate us five stars